Wednesday, January 19th, 2022. Today on the show, Microsoft is seemingly done with the Xbox One. E3, even a digital event, may be canceled this year. And yeah, we're talking about it. The big news that everyone is talking about. This is the Culture Jack News Desk. This is the Culture Jack News Desk, and wow, 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 wow. Yeah, it's Wednesday. I know you usually get the Culture Jack News Desk on a Thursday. I am dropping it early, and even dropping this show early, I am still late to the party. This, this news is over a day old at this point. The big news that everyone's talking about, and I'm not going to make you wait till the end of the show. We're going to talk about it right off the top. But very quickly, uh, a quick housekeeping note. If you don't stay for this whole show, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention it at the end as well. But if you do not stay for the whole show as well, we have begun, uh, the Culture Jack team has begun to release our archived podcast episodes. Starting back at episode zero, episode one, every Wednesday on YouTube. And I wish I could tell you that. Every Wednesday on YouTube, you're going to be treated to the wonderful, beautiful visage of both Anthony and myself, but that's simply not the case. Basically, what I'm doing is I'm uploading our old audio podcasts overlaid uh, onto some gaming footage. And the first few episodes, which are going to come out every Wednesday, are over the uh, gameplay of the game Inside from 2016, which is a game that I have been meaning to play. But it's so, it's so messed up. I have all of these crazy aspirations. Like I'm going to play these games and do voiceover, gameplay, let's play, walkthrough playthroughs with you on either the Culture Jacked YouTube channel or my old antiquated Dusty Dead YouTube channel. Uh, but I never do. And Inside was one that really I just, I wanted... I wanted to play for a long time, but I was waiting to stream it instead. And so it finally got a chance to get out of the library and I could not recommend it more. It's a couple years old at this point from 2016, uh, but it's a great game. It's, it, <laughs> it's a wonderful game. I'm very discombobulated. I mean, I realize that I say that I'm very discombobulated or I'm, I'm some form of rattled or shaken every time I do a podcast, but that's just the nature of being an anxious person like I am, like I am all the time. But I am especially discombobulated by the fact that this new show is releasing on Wednesday. Now, if you're new here, if you're new to the Culture Jack podcast, this is our weekly video game news and industry uh, information, rumors, gossip mill that's coming out of the, the video game industry itself. It's our, our news desk. We talk about that stuff every Thursday. So if you do like this stuff, that's great. If you don't, if you like movies and TV and, and tech, uh, we have other shows on the podcast. And I'll talk about those at the end of the podcast. If this is uh, either your first time or, gosh, it's your 12th time. That's a very specific number. Go ahead and leave us a review. It would be wonderfully helpful. Subscribe to the podcast if you can. Follow the podcast. Uh, follow our social medias. All the links are in the description below. With all of that being said, <clears throat> let's take a peek at the big news. 
All right. So the big news, the news that everyone has been talking about for the last 24 hours, uh, Microsoft has made a purchase acquisition of Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion. Uh, uh, according to, I think I saw it on a NBC article, uh, quote, the price means Microsoft will pay $95 per share for Activision. Activision's stock ended the day up more than 25%, closing at 82.31 per share on Tuesday. Microsoft's shares closed down more than 2%. Uh, so I guess that's some stock market information for those of you that are interested in that sort of thing. Of course, Activision stock is going to soar after this announcement. Microsoft has been on a shopping spree, a spending spree, and Activision is just the latest, <laughs> the latest victim. I, I guess they're not a victim uh, in that. And Activision has been a much beleaguered company at this point with all of the scandals coming out of the Activision bland, uh, Blizzard uh, with all, all of the harassment and workplace discrimination and all of that, that kind of stuff. So, of course, being consumed by a major company like Microsoft is going to do uh, great things for their shares. Now, I, I oftentimes will feel pretty confident in talking about the news that I talk about here on the news desk. And this one is just, it feels, it feels so big. Like, I don't know if I will be able to to do it justice in a way that... So I'd like to invite my co-host, Anthony. Anthony, if you're listening, if you have a unique perspective or something that I missed in this broadcast in relation to... Well, I mean, any of the news stuff that I share, of course, but in relation to this acquisition by Microsoft of Activision Blizzard, I'd love to hear it on you know Monday Madness, Weekend Wire, whenever you want to weigh in your two cents on the thing. Um, so this will make Microsoft one of the three largest uh, gaming publishers to include Tencent and Sony in that, in that very, uh, that very coveted, coveted spot or spots, I guess. I, and in the discussions about monopolies and stuff that are going on right now, I have watched, oh my gosh, I've watched like four or five different YouTube personalities talk about this. I've, I've read probably at least three or four different news stories about this. There were two of my favorite podcasts that I listen to all the time. Uh, <clears throat> no, it wasn't Culture Jack because we're just talking about it now. They talked about, <laughs> so I have, I have been very much embroiled in this. So I am going to probably be saying some of the same things that people that follow this industry have said already. Uh, but if you were waiting to hear, that's the one thing that I can give you that they can't. Yes, uh, a lot of these ideas will be echoed because gosh, if nothing else, this entertainment media is an echo chamber. But the one thing I can give you that they can't is my voice telling you about this stuff. So if you were waiting for my voice to hear about this acquisition, well, here it is. So in the, in the discussions about this being potentially a monopoly making situation, I wanted to remind you and just have everyone take a deep breath. Microsoft and Sony are not the only two publishers out there. 
there are a bunch of big and small publishers alike, a bunch of independent studios making games. Um, I pulled a list of some of the major gaming publishers. And of course, we've got those three that we talked about. And then <laughs> Activision Blizzard was on this list, but it's just been soaked up by Microsoft. EA, Nintendo, Bandai Namco, Take-Two Interactive, Ubisoft, Square Enix, Konami, Sega, Capcom, Devolver. Like, there's a bunch of studios out there. <clears throat> and I thought maybe the best way to kick off this conversation is to put this purchase in perspective with other big purchases within this industry, but also within like the movie and television industry as well. So I, I kind of I kind of slapped together this list of big acquisitions in the billion uh, range, starting with, ironically, I guess, uh, Microsoft. Microsoft bought Mojang for $2.5 billion. And that was really, I think that was really the, the kickoff of Microsoft's spending spree. Uh, they, they bought Mojang, they bought Ninja Theory, and then we all know that they bought ZeniMax, and now this, this huge buy with Activision Blizzard. Uh, Disney bought Marvel for $4 billion. Well, that's paid off in spades. They also bought Star Wars for $4 billion as well. Microsoft bought ZeniMax. That was the Bethesda purchase. And when I tell you that we thought the Bethesda purchase was was big, boy, it was an understatement or uh, I guess, yeah, an understatement on how big a purchase could really get because no one thought that Activision was on the menu, but here, here they are, they're on the menu. And I guess the, the very fact that Activision Blizzard is so beleaguered, it's so slammed with these lawsuits and these allegations and these claims that of course they had to do something. And I mean, this move makes sense now in hindsight, you know, hindsight's 2020 and we can go, my gosh, it was obvious that they were going to sell to someone big like Microsoft, but here they are. So Microsoft bought ZeniMax, the parent company of Bethesda, for $7.5 billion. Uh, jumping over to the movie side of things, Amazon bought MGM for $8.45 billion. Just recently, I think it was, was it last week, maybe last week or the week before, we talked about Microsoft, not Microsoft, Take-Two Interactive, buying Zynga, the mobile game developer, for $12.7 billion. Microsoft bought LinkedIn for $26 billion. And then, of course, you know, yesterday's purchase of Activision Blizzard for $68.7 billion. I did see someone uh, say or hear someone say, what a missed opportunity. Not enough of these online periodicals are taking advantage of the fact that this was about 69 nice billion dollars. So that's the joke. Um, I will take adva full advantage of it, especially if it's a joke that I heard someone else say, then I will take advantage. And not only will I take advantage, I will take credit as well. And then Disney bought Fox uh, back, I think, shoot, that was in, was it in 2018? for $71.3 billion. So just to put this purchase, this acquisition in perspective, 
it is one of the larger purchases in the entertainment media history, which also goes to show like this is nearly on the level of that Disney Fox buyout. It just goes to show how profitable games and gaming really is. I mean, you always hear like they're just making money hand over fist. And so you might be wondering, so Activision, Blizzard, yes, Call of Duty, of course, Warcraft, of course, but this is a big publisher. This is a publisher that had a lot of studios underneath it as well. So I thought it would be important to let, let you know, <laughs> let me know, who are you, Mark Spector? Did you see the new trailer for Moon Knight? Looks absolutely very impressive. You should listen to Anthony on Sunday. He's going to talk about it. I guarantee you. So <clears throat> the game studios under this publisher's umbrella are Activision, uh, Blizzard Entertainment, King Digital Entertainment, and then some indie studios include Infinity Ward, Sledgehammer Games, Toys for Bob, Treyarch, and uh, Vicarious Visions as well. Just to give you an idea, some of these games... Blizzard Entertainment, of course, we all know from Warcraft and World of Warcraft and Starcraft, 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 Diablo, Hearthstone, Overwatch. Like these are big name games now going directly into the Microsoft studio umbrella. That's bananas to me. That's bananas to think that any of those games could become exclusives. More or less insane pop culture phenomenons like World of Warcraft, insane esports contenders like Overwatch and Overwatch 2, the upcoming game. Uh, King Digital Entertainment. Now, this is one that I wasn't familiar with very much, but they make Candy Crush. They make Candy Crush and a bunch of other mobile games to include Farm Heroes, Pet Rescue, Bubble Witch, uh, Crash Bandicoot, On the Run, etc. Uh, <clears throat> but one thing you may not know about Candy Crush, we talk about... You know, the Avengers making $20 billion on that initial $4 billion investment by Disney. Candy Crush is the first freemium game to have generated over a billion dollars in revenue. That is insane to me. And it's also insane, but also a separate conversation that now that Microsoft has King Digital and Take-Two has Zynga... And PlayStation and Sony have been making moves into the mobile space as well with the recruitment of major uh, mobile developers and, and people within that industry as well. Anthony and I, we talked about this. We said this in an episode past, one of the episodes uh, within the last six months, where we had talked about what the future of gaming was going to be. And one of the things that we said, if you'll recall, if you're a, a longtime listener uh, of the podcast is that we said that there was going to be more of a march toward mobile gaming. So you can, you can consider us uh, prescient and, and Nostradamus in many ways, but that's, that's one of the many ways. Uh, so the indie studios, a lot of these ones have worked you know, on Call of Duty games like Infinity Ward, Sledgehammer Games, Treyarch. You, you may be familiar with those, with those names. Uh, so that's Call of Duty. Well, okay, we'll talk about Call of Duty uh, here in a moment. Um, Toys for Bob made the Spyro uh, games, Crash Bandicoot, Skylanders, uh, Pandemonium. Pandemonium. If you 
if you remember PlayStation 1 games, there weren't a whole lot of them, but one of them was Pandemonium, and you played like a gesture, a gesture, a jester, and you were on a side-scrolling platformer-style game, but the screen moved, so it wasn't like 2D, it was like a 3D side-scroller, which was, I don't know, I thought pretty inventive and pretty neat um, back then. They're, they're not going to remake a Pandemonium game. Surely they're not. Maybe they are. What if they did? So Toys for Bob, hugely influential, influential developer. Uh, and Vicarious Visions, they did some of the old Spider-Man games. They did Tony Hawk games. They did Jet Set Radio. And they did, <laughs> they did Shark Tale and Shrek. They did a lot of these uh, cartoon movie licenses games. And they did uh, Guitar Hero. Uh, which, I mean, many will probably consider a dead franchise, but it was hugely popular uh, back in the day. And one of the things that, that people are talking about with this purchase, with this acquisition, is ex exclusivity. And it's so funny. And I said, I said already, my New Year's resolution, I wasn't going to rag on the PlayStation group. I wasn't going to rag on, on Sony. And I'm not. I, I'm a bigger man. What can I say? I, I remember a time during the Xbox One era when, admittedly, Xbox was a little scarce on their ex exclusive games. And PlayStation fanboys especially were in no hurry or were in no hurry to not let us say and not let us hear about it. Um, they, they made no qualms about letting us hear about it often and very loudly. Oh, PlayStation's the place to go for exclusives. And you, were, and you were absolutely right. But we were still Xbox fans. So that's... And now, listening to uh, PlayStation fanboys, even though Sony is still one of the top three gaming publishers in the world... Hearing them talk about, oh my God, Microsoft has a monopoly. How can they do this? How can they just buy studios? How do you think Sony got the Spider-Man games? How do you think Sony got the God of War games? Do you think that they just, they just pulled them out of their ass? No, man. They bought those studios. And that's, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's funny to hear them talk about it. And one of the, the recurring themes that I'm hearing in this exclusivity conversation online at least is oh well they're not going to make Activision and Blizzard games exclusive they're not going to cut off that part of their fan base why would they make these games exclusive when they could pull the revenue by having their games on multiple platforms and the rebuttal to that that I've heard and that I think as well is what happened to Bethesda so Bethesda, they said, yes, we have IPs that are on other platforms. We have ongoing contractual obligations that we have to fulfill. But they bought, they bought Bethesda, they bought Activision Blizzard for a reason. And that reason was to have more exclusive content. And further, that reason was to have a more robust uh, game pass. So do I think that all of these uh, games are going to be exclusive? No, probably not. Uh, do I think Call of Duty games are going to be exclusive? When it comes to like these huge Battle Royale Warzone games that 
like they thrive on a large player base? No, probably not. But the next Call of Duty, well, not maybe not the next Call of Duty, but the the, the next Call of Duty after this deal finalizes, yeah, it's gonna be it's going to be exclusive. Just like Phil Spencer has said, the next Elder Scrolls game is going to be exclusive. The next Fallout game is going to be exclusive. The next big new IP from Bethesda, i.e. Starfield, is going to be exclusive. I think we're going to see some exclusive Call of Duty games. I also saw a good hot take on this is good for Xbox's release of first-person shooters. Now, we sometimes would have a holiday season where three or four first-person shooters would be stepping on each other's toes. And, well, shit, Titanfall 2, it cost that game its sequel. And we we have some news about that a little bit later. Uh, But it cost that game at least an immediate sequel within that universe because it underperformed as it was sandwiched between a Call of Duty game and a Battlefield game. And Call of Duty games consistently rank high, high, high on the most sold list every year. And they're an annual game. What's going to happen there? Like, are they going to be an annual release anymore? I mean, I I guess they they could be. We got the NBAs and we've got the FIFAs that come out every year. We and previous to this, we had the Call of Duties that came out every year too. So is that going to stay on an annual release or is it going to is it going to have a little more TLC put behind it? And again, I think it was Jeff Grubb from VentureBeat who said uh, if if Activision Blizzard had missed a year when they did not release Call of Duty just because of their lackluster performance with their other licenses, it would have wrecked them. It would have destroyed them to not release a game. So Call of Duty, I think, is a huge get for Xbox. I am excited about, I I do have trepidations. Just This is the conversation you're going to hear online probably for the next week, probably for the next month probably well up into uh, June during E3 time, is I'm excited on the one hand for the exclusives that Xbox is going to get and for the, the, the other titles that are sure surely going to be added to Xbox Game Pass. Not to mention the day one releases of those exclusive games on day one uh, on Game Pass. But on the other hand, yes, I'm worried about consolidation. I'm worried about when uh, one place gets too much, too fast, all these other little guys will either get absorbed or kicked out of the marketplace. And I'm not excited about that. We'll we'll talk about that here in in just a moment. So what does this mean for Sony? Uh, Surely Sony must be sweating bullets right now. They're not going to have at least the new Call of Duty games exclusive to the, their former their former mascot, Crash Bandicoot, now belongs to their former rival or their current rival at that. Um, now, now Xbox has Crash Bandicoot and Master Chief. It's only a matter of time before we, we come for you as well, Mario. Or I guess Lara Croft, she was one of the mascots of PlayStation back in the 90s. Regardless, I don't think Sony is 
Sony's not sweating, man. Like they have plenty of first party exclusives and it's it's interesting to kind of look at this and go, oh, exclusive, exclusive, exclusives. I think the more interesting subtext, the more layered battle that is going on between these companies is the battle for the mobile gaming space. Having these very, uh, I guess, classically gaming focused companies moving into the mobile space because they see that where the money is. They, they see that there is incredible revenue to be had. Like I said, Candy Crush, a billion dollars for that dumb, <laughs> dumb little game. Uh, <clears throat> same, same thing with Nintendo. Nintendo is not, yeah. Nintendo when inserted into any of these conversations does not feel to me like a competitor to Sony and to Microsoft. It, they just feel like, like they're doing their own thing. Like they're just doing Nintendo things. Uh, yeah. Wow. 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 This is big news. I'm sorry if I'm kind of all over the place. Everyone thought that Microsoft wasn't done with the shopping spree, but they thought it was going to be someone like, like Sega or Capcom or Konami, uh, maybe Atlas. Uh, there was, there was a rumor there for a while that Warner media, because you know, they'd made the Lego games and the Batman games that they were going to be purchased by Microsoft. Holy cow, Microsoft had their sights set on a white whale. Good Lord. <clears throat> and what does it mean for Game Pass to have this have this purchase? It means more day one releases, more exclusives. Someone had talked about the indie titles, that there was a worry that the indie titles on Game Pass would be relegated back to the shadows if Game Pass became too large, too comprehensive, too... Um, too much of a good value for consumers. And you get Game Pass because of course you have to get Game Pass. There's EA Play on there. There's all of the Activision games on there soon. There's all of the Bethesda games on there, not to mention all of the other day one exclusive Game Pass games under the Microsoft Studios umbrella. And so it gets so big that you can't have a like Annapurna Interactive come up and release a really good indie game because there's just no room on Game Pass for it. Or it gets overshadowed by all of these other big games that people want to play. Well, I mean, which isn't a bad thing. The games that people want to play, they should play by all means. Um, but I love to see a little guy have a chance to come up. And I think Game Pass, even, to, even now, is a great avenue, a great uh, opportunity for that. And Game Pass's prices are pretty cheap. However, they're just getting us into it. Oh, they also mentioned that there's 25 million Game Pass subscribers, which is not a small number by any means. But what point does it get to? Maybe after this deal goes through and they get some of those titles on Game Pass, does Xbox and Microsoft say, okay, we've done the, the groundwork, we've laid the foundation. Now, instead of $10 a month, Game Pass is $30 a month. Is it still... Is it still that same value for you? Is it still worth it to get Game Pass? Because right now, at $10 a month, $120 a year, that's two full-price games. At $30, obviously, you're tripling that price. You're spending $400 on a subscription service at that point. Is it worth it? Would you have spent that $360 on 
on games for the year otherwise. I don't think that this is just a, a Microsoft purchase, uh, a Microsoft buying spree for the sake of a buying spree. They don't just want exclusives. They don't just want their Game Pass library to be robust. They want their Game Pass library to be so robust that Nintendo and PlayStation would be fools if they denied having the surface, the service, <laughs> if they denied having the service on their platforms. I think it's a very real possibility, maybe not with Nintendo, but with PlayStation, that we will see an opportunity for uh, PlayStation owners to get a Game Pass membership. Whether those games are optimized you know, for PlayStation, those exclusives are made where they've got the, you know, the button prompts and everything are, are designed for a PlayStation owner or that you could hook up an Xbox controller or just play with your PlayStation controller and get those first party Xbox games. Cause that I think is the end game for Microsoft. That's what they want. That's what they want to do. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think the, the subtext is really the mobile gaming the mobile gaming thing. Now, what does this mean for Activision Blizzard? Now, we've talked about it in so many of our our past shows, probably for the last three or four months at the very least. You know, you've got the the QE, QA team behind Raven. They're still out on strike. Like, what does it mean for them? And I think to echo, again, the sentiments that I've been hearing and seeing since this announcement, I think it's good... Uh, for them in the short term, like a lot of the toxic leadership that happens in a company like Activision maybe does not happen in a company like Microsoft. Just because it's so big, they have this huge corporate culture. And of course, Microsoft has been building a brand ever since the failure of the Xbox One launch of the nice guy, the good guy, the consumer friendly, the, the diverse operator uh, that, that cares about not only its customers, but its employees and its quality of games. Like that is a brand that they have developed very thoroughly over the last, <clears throat> well, shoot, ever since the, the series came out, but even before that, near the tail end of the Xbox One era. So I think the employees are going to be better off uh, in the moment. Of course, being part of a big corporate monstrosity is going to have a lot of repetition when it comes to some some job types so certain jobs are going to go out the window people are going to get laid off <laughs> speaking of people that are going to get laid off isn't it funny that just last week we reported on the uh, phil spencer remarks i think i have that in in the news just you, bear with me uh when we get to that but where he talked about uh, Activision Blizzard and like we don't get involved with other companies but you know it's not our job to police them uh, we, we want to share our resources if we can in referencing Activision Blizzard which last week you knew damn well that Phil Spencer knew about this acquisition and he's like yeah well, we we only worry about our own teams and my team of managers and so now Bobby Kotick is it it's Kotick Bobby Kotick. I've been saying Bobby Kotick this whole time, but in listening to a bunch of people today, it's Bobby Bobby Kotick. Uh, he's he's going to be out. There's rumors already from the Wall Street Journal that he is gone after this after this um, 
purchase takes place uh, next, most likely next year. But he uh, he he will also be getting what again rumored a two hundred thirty million dollar payout. So it's not like he's going to be out on the street. You got to feel bad for Bobby uh, Kotick. Not that you'd feel bad for him anyway. Apparently he's a scum lord, and along with the rest of the managers over there in Activision Blizzard. Also, as a part of this story, uh, when Phil Spencer made this announcement, he had the job title of Phil Spencer Head of Gaming instead of uh, Head of Xbox, which is a change in the structure. And so what we might see is Phil Spencer at the top as the Head of Gaming and then a character like Todd Howard uh, for, you know, Head of Bethesda. And a character like, God, what is, what's his name? Those the double fine guy. But you know what I mean? You got that. Now you've got all of these managers that work under Phil Spencer. And it's not just Xbox anymore. It's gaming on PC. It's all their cloud gaming stuff. All of their metaverse stuff. Anthony did a great episode on the metaverse a few weeks ago. You should check it out. But all of their metaverse stuff as well, which there's a quote from the Microsoft of CEO that we'll talk about. Here short man, I've been giving you a lot of here shortlies. Um, the turnaround from the Xbox One launch and the failure of that messaging to what Xbox is now with their backward compatibility with uh, Microsoft or Xbox Game Pass with all of these great consumer-first policies that Xbox has put forward is I think due in direct. Um, is directly due to Phil Spencer and his leadership, formerly under uh, Don Matrick. Is this a monopoly? Is <clears throat> is the Xbox, is Microsoft now owning Activision a monopoly? I don't think it is yet. Like I said, there are a lot of studios that are operating in the U.S. and outside the U.S. and across the world. Does this make me nervous? Also, yes, uh, if, <laughs> if there is a corporation that gets so big that it becomes a monopoly, and this is the problem with, problem with monopolies, is, yeah, it could be good for my pocket right now. It could be good for, for my ability to play more games on Game Pass, but if you have an independent studio that's up and coming and they're making some real genre-defining, genre-bending games that think outside the box, that really challenge the medium, and all of a sudden, uh, Xbox doesn't want that competition. Now, I don't know what your dollar, dollar amount is, but a lot of people have one. And if an independent studio is offered a great deal of money by, say, a Microsoft, maybe not under the leadership of Phil Spencer, but under the leadership of someone else, that comes along and maybe is less benevolent or less philanthropic when it comes to game preservation and it comes to you know meeting the consumers where they're at. I worry that these independent studios could be bought out and buried. I, I, ideally, if they are going to be bought out, it could be a dream for some developers, uh, bought out and, and their company made great with the resources that Microsoft provides. But there's also that worry. I mean, right now, I'm, I'm happy, kind of. 
I don't know. It's such a bizarre dichotomy. It's a weird, a weird duality, I think. And the question needs to be asked, does this strengthen or weaken indie titles? And I don't know. Now, the metaverse angle, there was a quote by Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella, and they said, quote, when we think about our vision for what a metaverse can be, we believe there won't be a single centralized metaverse. Um, metaverse is a huge buzzword right now. So is NFTs. And I don't know why an Activision Blizzard uh, buyout would be cause for celebration within the metaverse department over at Microsoft. Maybe it is. This deal will most likely not finalize until 2023. And that, of course, is after like antitrust checks from the SEC and the FEC. It was a cash purchase, but it was a cash purchase of a publicly traded company. So, I mean, there could be all kinds of uh, snags and snafus. And that, you know, depending on what the Biden administration does, because he has said he was going to take a closer look at uh, these, I, I guess, you know, big corporate mergers and buyouts and acquisitions and the like. So it's all really up in the air. I don't foresee it being a problem. I don't foresee it not happening. Uh, but it should happen probably sometime next sometime next year. <clears throat> and that's all I'll say on the, on the Microsoft uh, Activision uh, purchase. If you've got other opinions about it, you can get a hold of the podcast. You can, you can write us on any of our social medias that we're on. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at CultureJacked. Uh, so you can get a hold of us there. I, I'm over on Beams. I got a community on Beams. That, that's not the only news, though. It was a very heavy news week, so I'm kind of glad. I'm kind of glad this news dropped, and I had to deliver you this podcast early. Um, so I'm going to skip over the stuff about uh, the, we have changed how we do certain things with Activision. Phil Spencer said, "Yeah, no shit. You uh, you bought their whole ass company." Inscription uh, crosses one million copies sold. It's a psychological horror title. It's the one <clears throat> that we saw in E3 that had like a board game with cards and you're moving through the woods. Very interesting looking game. I've got to try it. Forza Street servers are to shut down in spring of 2022. Now, I don't know if I covered it last week, but the Halo 3 server shut down. We saw a lot of cool memorials to it. Um or in memoriam, I guess, to it, where people were going on the server, they were kind of shit-talking for the last time, they were all just joining, you know, red versus blue, and firing their guns to the last bullet in the air, that was kind of sweet, but that's the thing with games, man, like, games will eventually, especially online games, they won't last forever, if you think about the games actually with the most staying power are those analog games that you had on the cartridges back on the SNES, maybe even the ones that never required an update on the on the original PlayStation. Stalker 2, Heart of Chernobyl, is delayed to December 8th. That game looks really cool. Uh, Sega opens a new stu studio called Sega Sapporo. Uh, and they'll be taking care of developing new titles for Sega and debugging existing games. 
Sony to uh, keep producing PlayStation 4s amidst widespread PlayStation 5 shortages. Uh, so that's a good good strategy by Sony because the PlayStation 4 is the best-selling console of the previous generation. And if you do not have the necessary chips or equipment to build PlayStation 5s and the PlayStation 4 is still selling, why not? <laughs> okay, uh, the next one, another news desk. So yet another PlayStation 5 patent filing, this time by architect Mark Cerny. And it's a new patent for backwards compatibility for PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, and PlayStation 3 titles on current hardware. And this, they think, is maybe the tie-in to Sony's rumored Game Pass competitor. Microsoft has stopped production of all Xbox One consoles. Apparently, uh, they did that at the end of 2020 with the release of the Xbox Series. And so there's no more Xbox Ones out there in production, which makes sense because Microsoft does have a robust, a robust backwards compatible architecture. Sony is reportedly discontinuing PlayStation Now retail cards in the UK. Again, this goes along with the rumors that Sony is developing a new competitor to Game Pass, which is also going to merge their PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus services. Xenoblade Chronicles reportedly will, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 will likely launch in 2023. Metroid Prime 1 Remaster will release in the second half of 2022, so says this rumor. Okay, this is an interesting one. Respawn Entertainment is working on a single-player, first-person shooter that is due out in 2024 and 2025. Now, the rumor has it, the game, which is allegedly not Titanfall 3, is going to focus on, quote, style and, quote, mobility and will apparently spend the next year or so in the prototype stage. So what they're going to be doing is they're going to be tossing around all different kinds of ideas for a game and then they're going to put a, a story behind it, a lore behind it, build a game behind it. A mobility focused game by Respawn. There is no way that this is not Titanfall 3. And if it is a game that is suspected to be released in 2024 or 2025, I imagine that we will hear about it at next year's E3. So E3 2023. Uh, Gran Turismo 7, Daytona International Speedway revealed in new trailer. Now, I'm not a racing fan. I told Anthony that I was going to try out Forza Horizon 5 which looks like a great game. It's very arcadey, very my type. Gran Turismo, historically, has been much more of a simulation type game. But looking at this trailer, because I couldn't help myself, I had to look at the trailer, Gran Turismo has always been, no matter on its release, one of the most beautiful games in gaming. And I watched this trailer of a first-person perspective of a man driving, or a woman maybe, driving their, their vehicle around Daytona Speedway. And I was enraptured by it. I just could not pull myself away. The shadows were so beautiful. The, the hands on the steering wheel as they clicked to shift gears inside the vehicle. Like, 
<clears throat> it just looks so good. And even not being a racing fan, and this is a game that I will never play. Like, I, I consider Forza Horizon 5. It's got such amazing accolades. But this game, never, not in 100 years. But I could watch it all day long. It was just, it was so, like I said, I was just enraptured. Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope could get delayed to 2023. Steam Deck is on track for a February release. That's what Valve says. They want to assure everybody that, hey, look, things could come up, but so far, it's looking good. Final Fantasy XIV is receiving server expansions. Digital sales are resuming January 25th. And you're thinking, what the hell? Why would dis digital sales be resuming unless they stopped? Because they did stop. After all of the shit that went on with Activision Blizzard, there was a huge exodus from World of Warcraft. And a lot of those players went over to Final Fantasy XIV, a game that had already been seeing a massive influx of players, a game that was already hugely popular. It got so popular and so crowded, the servers could not handle the weight of all of the players who were, who were signing up for Final Fantasy XIV and wanting to play concurrently. So they had to stop digital sales and reportedly, it's still really hard to get yourself into a server, or at least that's what I've been hearing, but I guess they're going to be starting them back up here next week. Another news desk, another time I, I have to mention that Final Fantasy 16 tops Famitsu's most wanted charts. Okay, so this is, there's a few articles, I'm pulling all of these articles from GamingBolt.com, but there was a few articles as I went back in time to get all the news for this week about Hogwarts Legacy. It's the open world RPG set in the Harry Potter universe. One of them is Hogwarts Legacy might get delayed to 2023. Then the, uh, the next one was Hogwarts Legacy will probably not get delayed to 2023. And then the third and last one was Hogwarts Legacy will only get delayed to 2023 if there's too many games around its release and like crowding it out. So I thought that was very funny. Uh, and all of them were rumors. One of them might might have been a direct response, maybe the last one, by uh, the developer. But I thought that was very funny, fun, very funny, funny. Why did I say funny, funny twice? I tell you, the Activision Blizzard story has me just, just it's taken everything out of me. Redfall could get delayed to holiday 2022. Uh, when was it supposed to release? I don't know, but it could be could be this holiday. <laughs> Here's a rumor. Grand Theft Auto V for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and S could get delayed again. Don't worry about delaying it. I'll tell you a secret. You can already buy that fucking game. Do not buy Grand Theft Auto V for yet a third generation of consoles. Just don't do it. What are you doing? This is how Take-Two can afford to buy Zynga Interactive. Knock it the fuck off. Halo Infinite in-game store changes. Uh, price drops just happened uh, yesterday, day before, two days ago. This news was on January 17th. So whatever day that happens to be. My Hero Academia Ultra Rumble receives its first gameplay trailers. And there's a closed beta set for February 2nd to the 6th. I don't know anything about this game. I watched the trailer. 
looked good enough. But My Hero Academia is a pretty dang good anime. So if you're looking for an anime to watch and you haven't yet seen My Hero Academia, I think it's got three seasons so far. No, four seasons. And the fifth season either just dropped or is about to drop. PlayStation Files patent for new controller feature. Oh, this was the patent that I was looking at. So this patent is about uh, joystick or thumbstick height. And so I looked at it. I couldn't really understand what was going on. It looked like there may be some kind of screwing mechanism where you could screw in or out your thumbstick to make it higher or lower on your controller, which seems like a good feature. But the thing that gets me about this is just like the, the feedback in the shoulder buttons for the PlayStation 5 remote, it... It feels like a new car and, you know, it's going to make me sound really old, but a new car that's got automatic windows versus one that has roll down windows. Kids, you don't even know about rolling your own windows down through the power of your own gumption and strength. However, there used to be. And the thing about automatic windows and automatic doors and, and sensors on the back and the front and the sides of the vehicles and the auto lane finder and, and all of these other features is the more things there are, there's more things that can break. And that's my philosophy behind controller design as well. So the shoulder buttons, the, uh, the joystick that you can adjust up and down, it just feels to me like there's more things that can go wrong with that controller. E3 2022 digital event may have also been canceled. So they already canceled their physical event. But now E3 is potentially, again, going to cancel their digital event. Last year, if you remember, we did have some semblance of E3, but it was all of these different studios doing their own digital events, much like they do their own events during a physical event. Uh, but it will, it'll be interesting if E3 doesn't make an appearance at all, and it's even more slapshod than it was last year. I enjoy getting all of it within a week. I think last year it was spread out between like three months. Three months we were still getting gaming news and updates and, and announcements and premieres. It was too much. It was too much for uh, a young Dusty. Just a quick note on what Phil Spencer thinks about the Game Pass PlayStation competitor. Uh, he says it's the right answer. <laughs> so he agrees. He thinks that consumers... Uh, they deserve something like Game Pass. And though it doesn't seem now like this Game Pass, this PlayStation Game Pass competitor is going to similarly release all of their exclusives day one on the service, on the, the service. Why do I keep saying service like service? I don't know. It's, it's a terrible situation. I apologize profusely. But it's not like we're going to be seeing... Uh, Miles Morales, Spider-Man, Miles Morales 2, exclusively on this service on day one like Game Pass. But it seems like there will be a large library, and if the previous news is true, of backward compatible uh, games on the PlayStation service. Now, PlayStation has a real opportunity here because the Xbox service has a limited library of games, and like we talked about last week with the Outer Wilds coming back to the service, those games are in rotation. 
But if PlayStation, all they have to do is make a larger library. And they could because they have the pedigree, especially if they get their backwards compatible thing worked out right. They have the pedigree and the game's library to dwarf anything that Xbox has done. Although Xbox has made a lot of big acquisitions. And so a lot of those games are most likely coming to Game Pass or they already have. Uh, <laughs> it kind of seems like a moot point at, at this point, but Activision Blizzard on the 17th of January, some news broke that they had fired 37 employees due to misconduct allegations. And th so those are our managers and HR employees, employees that were directly involved in some of the claims made against Activision Blizzard. All that stuff's going to get get worked out because Daddy Daddy Phil is here to <laughs> he's here to take care of you. Kingdom Hearts series on Nintendo Switch via the cloud on February 10th. This masterpiece collection includes everything for 89.99. 90 bucks is going to get you all of Kingdom Hearts. Xbox backward compatibility success has been instrumental for game preservation says a uh, Xbox's Jason Ronald. He's a studio executive within Xbox. And I agree. I think it has been good. But like we talked about in our, our game preservation and archival episode some many, many months back, maybe it was the beginning of last year, it is, it's good until the Xbox service becomes so expensive that you cannot afford it or becomes discontinued. I mean, Xbox wasn't around a hundred years ago. Who's to say in a hundred years whether Xbox will still be around? I, I don't know. Uh, in another little bit of news, during the announcement, during the announcement Phil Spencer made on this acquisition, he said also that Game Pass has surpassed 25 million subscribers. Like I said, it's only a matter of time before we see a price increase on Game Pass. Uh, the Cuphead show will premiere on February 18th, and they did just drop a new trailer on that show. It looks absolutely amazing. If you have not played the Cuphead game, play it. It is very difficult. It is, as someone described it, as the Dark Souls of side-scroller games. Very good, but the show looks very good as well. The animation style looks like it is actually from shit the 1930s like it it's a good looking good looking game and then oh okay this was the hogwarts <laughs> the hogwarts news okay let's let's tell you about some games that uh that are just coming out or just came out uh just coming out soon to soon to be out games that will be released tomorrow on january 20th windjammers 2 Coming out on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, PC, Nintendo Switch, and Google Stadia. Rainbow Six Extraction, that's a, the new Tom Clancy game. It's coming out on everything except for Nintendo Switch. RP Golf Legends. What the fuck is this? Looks like it. It's, it says it's in the action RPG sports genre. I can only imagine what a niche genre that is. That is not one that's hugely popular. I got to look up this game. RP Golf Legends. Oh, RPG. Golf. That's cute. Cute. Uh, it's coming out on everything 
except for Google Stadia. But it's also on Nintendo Switch. The Hitman Trilogy is coming out on January 20th on everything uh, except for Nintendo Switch and Google Stadia. The thing about this, though, I think it is also coming out on Game Pass for Xbox. So it's coming out everywhere. You can buy it. But also, if you have a Game Pass subscription, and again, this is this Game Pass subscription, the value of this thing, if it's got the Hitman trilogy, it's going to have the Mass Effect trilogy. I mean, we are talking hundreds of hours of gaming just between those two trilogies alone. Not to mention all of the RPGs that are put out by Bethesda. It's an insane deal. Absolutely insane. Uh, Black Wind is coming out on January 20th. That's an action game coming to uh, everything. All the Playstations, all the Xboxes, the PCs, and the Nintendo Switches. Then coming out January 24th through the 30th, we've got uh, Sirius Sam, Siberian Mayhem. It's coming out on PC on January 25th. Then at the end of this month, I'm excited but not too excited. I have my expectations tempered because the last Pokemon game just let me down so badly. But Pokemon Legends Arceus is coming out on January 28th on the Nintendo Switch. I am going to wait on that game till I see gameplay, till I see reviews. Is this the open world Pokemon masterpiece that we've been waiting for? Or is it not? And then uh, finally on January 28th, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection is coming out on PlayStation 5. And PC, it'll be coming out to be determined. Okay, so that's it for the news. That's it for the game releases. That's it for the big announcement with Activision and Blizzard. And that's it for the news desk. That's it for the show. I do have a housekeeping uh, piece of housekeeping information. I did mention the YouTube videos. We are putting up archived episodes on YouTube. That is coming out today as well. So you get this episode. If you want to go back and listen to, I believe it was Culture Jacked number one talking about comic book movies. I think that's what it was. Maybe. And you can watch me play inside. It's got no sound, just the sound of me and Anthony talking. Also, speaking of Anthony and I talking, we were talking about how, what the effect was on our bodies, our souls, and our minds of putting out five podcast episodes every week for the last year. Gosh, I think it's been for the last year. We have put out a lot. We cruised right past our 200 episode mark, and we are cruising right up on our 300th episode uh, mark. And so I, it is with a heavy heart, but uh, one I think that is well-deserved to say that we are going to take a short break in March. We are going to have ourselves a little spring break, actually. So the last Culture Jacked episode podcast, and we may check in uh, once a week or so, but the last Culture Jacked episode on our five-episode-a-week run is going to be on February 28th. So mark your calendars uh, because you're going you're gonna to have... A little longing in your hearts in March. <laughs> Don't worry, though. We will be back uh, in April, April 1st, if you'll believe it, <laughs> to cover uh, the Moon Knight series on Disney+, Plus, which is launching on March 30th. So we're, we're back right in time to talk about that on the OTE. So just, just to let you know 
to get it get it off of our chest. Man, it's been weighing heavy on. I feel like I've been keeping this secret from you. Actually, I haven't because we just started talking about it. But just to get you ready, uh, we're going to be taking a break for March, a little Culture Jack spring break, as it were. Also, if uh, this show was not your particular cup of tea, you could give a hot damn about video game and video game news. One, I'm surprised you've made it to the end of the episode <laughs> if you couldn't care less about uh, video game news. But if you don't care about video game news and you wanted something else, we've got other shows on the podcast. On Friday, I have a show called The Friday Show. I know my naming conventions are so original, uh, but on that show, I get to talk about whatever I want. And I think I want to talk about CES this Friday. So if you if you come by, uh, you, can, you can listen to me wax poetically about CES 2022, what I thought some of the highlights were out of that show. And uh, then on Saturday, we've got a show called On Today's Episode, or Anthony calls it on this episode, but regardless, the acronym is O-T-E, all the same, where we talk about a movie or a show that we've watched or are watching, and we review it. We recap it a little bit, and we share our passion for entertainment media in that way. Then on Sunday, just like I did here on the news desk about video games, Anthony comes back to you and he talks to you about movies and television and, and movie news and what's going on in Hollywood on a show called The Weekend Wire. Then on Monday, he talks, uh, you know, like I do on Friday about whatever he wants on a show called Monday Madness. And then, like I said, on Wednesdays, we're having our archive shows up on YouTube and then back here on Thursday for the Culture Jack News Desk. If you have not followed us on whatever streaming platform you are listening on, uh, we'd really appreciate if you did. If you have not left the review, we'd really appreciate a five-star one with some glowing attributes. We'd also feature you in the podcast if it was nice enough. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, like I said, we are on social medias. Uh, you can send us an email at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. I've got a community over at Beams. I don't have a community, but I talk to people on Beams. I could talk to you. You could talk to me. It's like many, many podcasts. Download the app. It's a good one. I'm not sponsored by Beams. I should be, though. I'm going to talk to Nashi. See, see what he says about that. Uh, what else? What else? What else are we on? What else are we doing? I guess that's it. What else do you want from us? That's the news, and we'll see you next week.